And so I, I wonder how many of you are, are worried right now. How many of you, if you've already asked your hand, or how many are worried right now? Um, you know, it's one of those things, oftentimes we, we find ourselves in a place of worry. I know uh, me, for instance, um, finances have been one of the things that's at the top of uh, my, my worry list. You know, I've got six kids to feed. Um, the grocery bill is astounding. Um, I could tell you about it. You'd have nightmares um, about what we spend at Walmart alone. Um, it, it gives me heart issues, I'm pretty sure. Um, and, and there's seasons of my life. I'm, I'm concerned about my marriage, right? I mean, if we're being um, completely honest, um, if you've been married for any amount of time, some seasons are better than other seasons. And there's times where I'm wondering, is my wife poisoning me right now? Um, is this just, you know, it's real awkward. Um, and then um, this is a new one for me. We have um, two kids. They're going to be 16 this year. Um, they're getting ready to start their, their junior year of school next year, right? They're finishing their sophomore year. Um, and the anxiety I have about the kind of adults they'll be, um, I, I never imagined this when I started my parenting journey um, so long ago. And it's like, are they going to live close? Are they going to move away? Is it going to be years? I mean, it's just like, why am I concerned about this? But I can't stop thinking about it. It's like, I want you them to leave my house, but can you just like, you know, move to the other side of the neighborhood or something like that where, you know, you don't have to be here, but if I want to see you, I can see you. Um, if I want to go spit toothpaste on your um, bathroom mirror, I can do that. You know, those kinds of things, right? Um, but the, the worry's real, Right? It's, it's real. And as we talk about it, it's something that, that impacts all of us from time to time. None of us escape it. Um, none of us can, can journey through life um, without it um, creeping in, rearing its ugly head, and, and disrupting our lives in some form or fashion. Um, I want to share a quote for, uh, with you from Corey Ten Boom. And so um, she was somebody who helped Jews um, go into hiding during the Holocaust. She was later placed in a concentration camp. Um, but she said this, worry is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once, it is moving in tomorrow ahead of time. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Um, isn't that just incredibly powerful? If you want that, I meant to have it in our notes. It is on the YouVersion Bible app. I've placed it in there. I encourage you um, to check that out when you come. Um, but, but it just really reveals what worry does, right? I can be so concerned about two years when my kids have the freedom to leave my house. Um, but does that help me today? No, it, it robs today of what it should have, right? When, I, when I'm concerned about that, it, it doesn't fix the problem two years from now. Um, it doesn't make any difference then, but it makes all the difference now. And, and when we begin to put worry in that type of light and bring it in that kind of perspective, we realize the weight that it has and the damage it can cause in our lives. And so tonight's message is titled this, Unchained from Worry. And we are continuing our Unchained series um, and, and going along the line, we've talked about being unchained from fear, unchained from self, unchained from bitterness. And we wanna talk about releasing the hold that worry can have on our lives because I truly believe that this is something that the enemy leverages in our lives. It, it disrupts our marriage, our jobs, our families. Um, and, and for those of us who are on a recovery journey, it can disrupt that too um, because we can become so focused and concerned on what will we do 
in this season or when this comes or, or the what ifs that, that we find ourselves stumbling or falling and failing and, and what we're supposed to be doing now. And so again, it's unchained from worry. And what I wanna talk about is how we unchain ourselves from worry and how we should approach and handle it in our lives. Now, disclaimer tonight, I'm not a doctor just in case you guys were wondering. Um, though sometimes I pretend to be one at home with my kids. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm a very uneducated redneck. Um, but I do believe this, that, that God has, has called me to preach and to teach um, and, and to reveal truth in his word. And, and I believe because of that, that there's things that he's given me to share with you guys. And, and I understand this, that when we talk about anxiety and worry, that it's a very broad statement. And, and there's all sorts of facets of life and some are very real medical conditions that, that people can go through. And, um, you know, there's, there's certain things that your doctor may say that, that you need to do um, that, that, may, uh, that I'm not talking about tonight, right? I'm talking about God's word and, and our, our faith very specifically. That, that's the only thing I feel even remotely qualified to talk about. And so because of that, um, I'll make broad statements that may or may not apply to everyone's situation in here. So I just wanna throw that out ahead of time. But that being said, we live in a culture that's gripped with worry, gripped with worry and anxiety. It's crippled a generation. It's crippled a generation and its reach seems to be ever expanding. Um, it's, uh, it just amazes me now. You know, a lot of us now um, call it the snowflake generation. I know that's not very kind, but we say it anyways um, because we're unkind people in this generation too. Um, but there is this thing, I see it with kids all the time. They're, they're, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to engage in conversation. They, they don't know how to engage with adults. Um, they're, they're concerned, but um, the truth of the matter is it doesn't stop with children. I see it with adults too, that they're frozen, they're crippled by it. And again, I've been crippled by it at times as we were going through pandemics and going through um, just different political scandals and things of that nature and inflation is on the rise and how am I gonna feed the herd of children? Why did we have a whole litter of kids? I don't know, you know, you know those types of things. Am I gonna be able to pay my bills and, and what am I gonna do about my car? I mean, the price of used cars are through the roof and find myself in the same position. I find myself being stuck and, and finding myself being withdrawn and, and distanced and we become crippled and we must learn though to trust God completely. To trust God completely and unchain ourselves from worry and anxiety. We have to stop allowing it to isolate and, and trap us because that's what happens. Worry causes us to withdraw. Worry causes us to separate ourselves from God and from God's people, from our calling, from our purpose, um, and, and to cripple ourselves. Worry, um, it's, it's life-threatening. I wanna share some statistics with you because uh, I like numbers. Um, an estimated 31.1% of US adults experience anxiety disorder at some time in their lives. Isn't that incredible? Um, and that's something that's medically diagnosable. Um, and you can make all sorts of arguments about whether that's legit or not. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is over 31% of people at least pursue help for something that they've, um, that they've expressed as anxiety. One in three. So there's close to 200 people in this room right now, and that means um, almost 100 of you, right? Or is that right? No, it's not 60. I can't do math today, sorry. I had a yerbe earlier. I don't know if you guys know what a yerbe is, but it's nasty, and it's just, it's messed with my heart and my brain. Um, <laughs> but 
it's still an alarming number. I pulled some headlines off of Google for 2023. Um, I wanna share those with you. These are headlines. Just to let you know, just kind of the state. I think sometimes if you just like search headlines, it can reveal so much. Um, and it's this, 86% of Americans worry about inflation's impact on their finances. 79% of Americans think the US will experience great economic difficulties in 2023. Americans are getting worried about the job market. Nearly half, 47% of Americans under the age of 30 report feeling down, depressed, or hopeless. I'm gonna say that again. Nearly half, 47% of Americans under the age of 30 report feeling down, depressed, or hopeless. Adults say they're expecting more stress in 2023. Who can relate to that? Um, I've never asked for an amen, but can we get an amen on that, right? It's just like, good night, man, forget this. Um, and this is, what, this is what our lives begin to revolve around, this concern. Um, this is another headline. Why Americans are uniquely afraid to grow old right? We've become a generation that we're concerned just about aging that we can do nothing about. We can't stop it. Because we're so worried, crippled. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Um, the, the healthcare industry, like the beauty industry, has become a billion-dollar industry in our country alone because we're so worried about the natural progression of age. And so this last one, three and four Americans worry AI will take their jobs. It's, it's every day, Every day something's presented to us and it's usually a headline somewhere that comes across our news feed that, that reminds us of our impending doom and failure as people and these are things that, that quite honestly we can't do anything about um, but we allow it to impact our lives. Um, we allow it to impact our marriage. Uh, we allow it to impact um, just our, what God's called us to. And we become so consumed and concerned about these headlines that, that we, we fail to live the lives that God's called us to. And sometimes we allow it to, to suck us back in to addiction, to suck us back in to anger. Um, if I'm being real honest, I'm, I'm very political. I, I like politics. I was the weird kid at eight years old listening to talk radio. Um, and I got to a place that that I had to just completely disengage from the news and become one of those people um, because I was so ticked off at everybody all the time that I just had to remind myself I'm a citizen of heaven. Forget the rest, right? That, that there's one thing that I can be a part of and, and, and not worry about that, that, that I can only vote, that's all I can do. And, and you know, but, but the thing I'm really called to do is share the love of Jesus. That's where I'll make the greatest impact. And, and so we have to begin to refocus our lives and, and stop allowing the, the worry to weigh us down. Um, I wanna share um, from the Gospel of John real quick, starting in verse um, uh, chapter 16, verse 31. Um, and Jesus said this, he said, um, do you finally believe but the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when you will be scattered, each one of you going his own way, leaving me alone, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. He says this in verse 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, say take heart, but take heart because I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. So when it comes to worry, and the three and four of us that think AI will take our job, maybe, um, take heart, God's overcome the world. I mean, it's, as a citizen of heaven, 
I, I can be indifferent to that. And I, it, doesn't, it doesn't change the call in my life, the mission, the purpose of my being is not impacted by that headline anyway, so why worry, right? That we can take heart that Jesus has overcome the world. He's overcome our fears, our, our anxieties, our, our worries, and, and we have freedom in him. And so it's one thing to operate with a level of concern and awareness, right? I, I get that um, I have to be concerned about how I'll feed my kids. Otherwise, uh, DHS gets involved, right? I can't just be indifferent to that. Um, there's laws. Um, I have to feed them. Um, and, you know, so that, that's one thing. I need to go to work. You know, I need to be concerned about my performance, but I can't be crippled by worry that there's a balance to life. God doesn't say, hey, just, uh, man, it's, it's all cool, man, just, just whatever, bro. No, like, I mean, God's word's clear, you know, those who don't work don't eat, and, and we need to be engaged in life, and we need to be active, right? We're called to something, and it's with purpose and drive, and not indifference, but he didn't call us to live in worry and anxiety either, and so Let's look tonight at three things that we need to know about worry. And so if you all would, open up your Bibles to 1 Peter um, chapter 5, verse 6 is where we're going to start. Again, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, I want to encourage you to check that out. You can go to the events tab. We have all of our message notes. Every verse I use is on there, um, including some that you will not see up here. But 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says this, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries, say worries. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Give them all to God, for he cares about you. Um, I think oftentimes we, we go through life and, and we withhold. Um, and, and I don't know about you, maybe this is just me, um, but, but prayer sometimes is not my, my first go-to. More often than it should be, it's my last resort. It's, I get to this place where like, I'm like, I've tried everything. I guess I'll take it to God. And that's not at all what we're called to do, right? That, that should be the starting point. Um, that should be the place that we begin, that we should start in God's word. We should start down on our knees seeking him. Um, but instead, we let anxiety and worry crush us to a point that we feel defeated. And in our defeat, we cry out to God, God, help me. I've done everything in my own strength. When really, God says, cast your worries and your cares on me, for I care about you. For I, he's not indifferent to our struggles with addiction. He's not indifferent um, to, to rough waters in our marriage. He's not indifferent to the mouthy teenager that you wanna hit. Um, he's really not. He, he cares about those things. He cares about us. It's okay to laugh about that. It was just a joke. We're not really hitting kids here. Um, <clears throat> but he, he cares, right? Cast your worries and cares on him. Bring them to him. As, as your go-to, as your starting point. And as we begin to, to shift this type of mindset and, and we start here, the, the spirit of fear, this worry and anxiety, so much of it won't even have the opportunity to take hold in our lives. It won't have an opportunity to begin that, that we won't be driven back to the closet in hiding, that, that God will put an end to it faster than we expect. And then he goes on, it says, stay alert. Say, stay alert. Stay alert. 
Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family and believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. I'm gonna mess with my hat because it bothers my wife. It was for you, honey. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that, that God, that uh, in this passage here, that he goes from talking about casting worries and cares onto God. And then right after that, he goes into watch out for the enemy. He prowls around like a, a roaring lion. Why would that be? Unless these are connected. That, that maybe when we allow the world to, to overwhelm us, discourage us, cripple us with fear and worry, quite possibly that gives a foothold to the enemy. That maybe in those moments where we didn't start with casting our, our fears, our worries, our cares onto him, that maybe if we don't start there, every second, every minute, every hour, every day that we go without bringing it to God opens the door for the enemy. Maybe, just maybe, that when we don't start on our knees crying out to God, God, deal with this in my life. Help me to see truth. God, <laughs> reveal to me what I should do. Lord, take care of it. Take care of me. That maybe when we don't start there, we've separated ourselves from, from the plan of God, the purpose of God, the refuge of God. And that's point number one is this. Worry leads us away from God's refuge. You know, oftentimes, you know, worry can can be compared to sin. And, and I've heard that in the church. And, and I think there's times that it can be sinful, but I think at times too, it's, it's a signal that, it, that it's, it's reminding us that, that, that we need God, that this area, this thing that we're worried about, that if we find ourselves, it's saying, you need God here, that, that you're, 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 missing, you're missing something here. And it's the presence of the Lord. It's his guidance and his direction. And so again, worry leads us away from God's refuge. Like a check engine light, it informs us of our need of mechanical work. Worry signals us for the spiritual work, the refreshing, the renewing. renewing. I love the last song we ended on. Give us a fresh wind, right? A holy anointing that that sometimes in those moments of discouragement and, and worry, if we find ourselves there, it should be a reminder that that maybe we haven't found ourselves in the presence of God nearly enough. That maybe we haven't found ourselves in God's word nearly enough. That maybe we haven't been in a posture of praise and worship nearly enough. That we need to go to him in those moments. It's signaling us. Take it to God. Again, going back, it says, give all your worries and cares to God. For he cares about you. He continues down in verse 10. It says, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, say a little while. It's not necessarily the most encouraging verse in the Bible, right? Because it's like, it's not like, hey, everything's gonna be perfect. You gave your life to Jesus, you know, man, it's just rainbows, sunshine, butterflies from here on out, smooth sailing. No, it's after you suffered a little while. After you've suffered a little while, you know, this particular passage was actually written in context to teachers, like people who have like responded to a call of ministry of sorts. And, and here is after you've suffered a little while, 
He will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. That, that worry should bring us back to the presence of God without delay. We cast our cares, our concerns, our worries on him because if we don't, we've opened the door for the enemy. And remember, things that we walk through, sometimes they're unavoidable, but after we've walked through them, he'll strengthen us stronger than before and bring us to his presence. All glory, all power to him forever. Amen. If you would uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter six, verse 25, as we look at point number two. And so here in Matthew um, chapter six, this is part of the sermon on the mount. We call it this because we believe that Jesus taught this on the mount. Now, so... Um, <laughs> Matthew 6, verse 25, um, it, it seriously is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, right before this, um, Jesus had taught against storing up earthly treasures and um, at the expense of, of God, right? The things of God, that um, it's okay to have money and have possessions, but it's not okay for them to have you. And so um, Jesus had taught about this, right? Don't store up treasures here on earth where rusts and moths can destroy them. You can't serve money and God, right? You can't be divided between two masters. You gotta be wholly devoted to him. And so Jesus had just taught that. And then he goes on, he says, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Why? Because worrying about everyday life makes that your God, right? It, it consumes you. It becomes your master that if you're so concerned about the things of this world, that it's at the expense of the things of God. It, it, it controls and it consumes you. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food and barns for your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Now again, I wanna point this out just for some of you in here. This is not some hippie passage about you not needing to get a job and God's just gonna provide everything for you. So don't go leave here. Say, Pastor Aaron said, I don't need to work. I was gonna pray to God, lay around and man is gonna rain down from heaven. It's not what I'm saying. Don't live off the system. Don't be like that. We don't live that way no more, <laughs> right? Um, but what he is saying that, what he is saying is, I mean, God's gonna care for you. That God is concerned about you as a person, as an individual, as a husband, as a father, as a, as a wife, as a mother, right? Um, that, that he doesn't wanna provide for you, right? That, that he's got good things for you. It may not be what you think it should be, right? I'm not driving a brand new four by four truck, even though I really want one, right? Half the time I'm rolling around in a church van like some kind of creep. Um, but has God provided me? They're shaking their head like, yeah, I see you. Um, but has God provided me with transportation for me and my family? Yes. So does it look like the way I think it should? No. But God's provided for me. And I get up every day and I work hard and I pursue. And when we look at the birds, they don't lay around in their nest. They go out and they get things. They're not concerned to the point that it consumes them. And we can't be concerned to the point that it consumes us. If you're so concerned about what you eat, what you wear, where you're gonna live to the point that you don't serve at church, you don't read your Bible, you don't find yourselves on your knees praying. If that's what it's done to you, then you've missed it. 
because God's gonna provide for you. But if you can't make the things of God a priority, this is what it's talking about, then you've missed it, right? Don't be so concerned about life that you miss life, right? The life that God has for you. And he goes on, he says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No, in fact, they may rob moments from you, right? It may rob today of its strength and your ability to spend time with your spouse, to spend time with your family, to enjoy the job that God's blessed you with. Can all your moments add a single day to your life? He goes on and says, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. Some of you should be more concerned about how you dress. Um, they don't worry. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. And he goes on, why do you have so little faith? Why do you have so little faith? When we worry, we're saying to God, I don't trust you. We're saying to God, I don't trust you. Point number two is this, worry reveals where we trust God the least. If we've allowed ourselves to be consumed with worry and concerned, it's revealing that this area of my life, I don't trust God. That, that for some reason, even though he's been good before, he's not gonna be good today. He's not gonna be good in this moment and he's not gonna come through for me. Worry reveals where we trust God the least. And I get that there's some of you in here that you're going through very real things, things I can't imagine things that I haven't been through that, that I pray I never experienced. But we still have to lean into God. We still have to trust him with everything we have and everything that we are. And even if life doesn't turn out the way that we think it should, it doesn't mean that God's not good. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It just means that he had a different plan for us than we did. And so again, point number two is worry reveals where we trust God the least goes on in verse 31. It says, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows your needs. Already knows your needs. It goes on, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Say need. Need. Maybe not want but everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. That if you find yourself in a season of worry and concern again, have you not taken it to God? And if you didn't take it to God, is it because you don't trust him with it? That, that when I find myself in those situations where prayer's my last resort, where God's word's my last resort, it's because I didn't think he could move in the first place. Because for whatever reason, I convinced myself that my problem was too big for him or that God was indifferent. And this is not the case. It's just not the case. And there's no way around it. Because if I truly believed that God cared, if I truly believed that God could move, then I would find myself on my knees every time I had a concern, every time worry began to creep in or reveal itself, that that's exactly what I would do. But if I find myself worrying and not praying, it's because I don't trust God with it. Worry reveals where we trust God the least. If you would, if you'd turn with me to Philippians 4, 
um, verse 18, as we begin to close. Um, and I know we're going through this quick. Um, I don't want to keep you guys here till nine. Um, Philippians 4, verse 18. Um, it's really important. I want to give some context to this. Philippians was written by the apostle Paul. Um, Paul wrote this while um, in Roman imprisonment. And you'll see in just a second why it's so important um, to keep this in front of us. Um, and he says this, um, chapter four, verse 18. He says, at the moment, I have all that I need and more. Say and more. And more. Um, where's Paul? Prison. He's in prison. Um, I've never been to prison, but I've been to county uh, several times. Um, I've never been sitting in county jail and thought to myself, I have all that I need and more. Um, right? I mean, the, the crocs that I'm pretty sure are made out of like solid wood um, are three sizes too small. I got a jumpsuit going up my rear end um, and, and coffee that tastes like water. I'm never sitting there thinking, oh, this is great. I got all that I need and more. Um, and we have standards today, right? I mean, Paul, his imprisonment, the standards were, were much lower than what you and I may have experienced if you've been on the other side of, of the county jail walls or maybe in some other bed and breakfast or um, found yourself in uh, the, the DOC. Um, but he says, at the moment, I have all that I need and more. He says, I'm generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are sweet, a sweet smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So we can trust God because he's faithful today. And he's, faith, he's been faithful before. Our circumstances, they don't change God. If God's been good in your past, which he has because God's good, God will be good today. If God has provided for you in the past, which he has, because God's our provider, he will provide for you today because that's who he is. Our circumstances, they don't change the nature of God. We may miss the mark. We may fail. We may be unfaithful, but God never does and God never is. Our circumstances don't change the nature of God. And so again, we can trust God because he is faithful today and he's been faithful before. Hebrews 13.8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Again, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That, that no matter what you're going through, if you feel like you're crippled with anxiety, God was good yesterday, God will be good today, and God will be good tomorrow. If God has moved in your marriage, which anytime we go to him, we know that he has, he moved in it yesterday, he'll move in it today, he'll move in it tomorrow. If you're struggling in your finances, and I've been in places where I've burned trash in my backyard, God provided for me in that season, he'll provide for me in this season, and you know what? Tomorrow may not look the way I want it to look, but God will provide for me in that season too because God is good yesterday, today, and forever. And when we're in that season of worry, we've got to unchain ourselves from it and recognize that God doesn't change. Our circumstances may, but God doesn't change and we can cast our cares and we can cast our worries on him. We can stop letting and allowing the world to kick us down and keep us from the plan and purpose of God and recognize that he can move and he will move because God cares about our condition. And our situation. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, 
today and forever. I want us to, I'll do this. I want us to take a moment right where you're at. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to begin just to spend a moment with God. Begin to spend a moment with him and to state just privately, just, just where you're at, that you trust God to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just let him know, whatever it is privately, God, I just pray to yourself, God, I trust you in my marriage. God, I trust you in my children. Just begin to pray. Father, we thank you. God, I thank you that, that you're not indifferent to the things that we go through. Lord, I thank you that in, in my darkest moment, in the darkest places, Father, that you were there. And I thank you, Lord, that you're, you're there you're today, that you're, you're with us here now. And Father, I pray that the worry that we had will not overshadow your goodness, your grace, your mercies, which are new every day. Lord, that we wouldn't allow those things to isolate us and to trap us and to keep us from the things of God. Lord, and I pray that every individual in the room tonight, God, would just begin to cast their worries and their cares on you. And we thank you, Father, for caring. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. To recap tonight, point number one was this. Worry leads us away from God's refuge. That, that when we find ourselves in worry, it, it separates us from God. It gives a foothold to the enemy. Worry leads us away from God's refuge. Number two, worry reveals where we trust God the least. If we truly believe that God can move, that he desires to move, then we would find ourselves on our knees immediately. Worry reveals where we trust God the least. Number three, our circumstances do not change God. God's, God's nature is unwavering, unchanging. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Our circumstances do not change God. Our action steps tonight, number one, identify areas of your life where worry has taken hold. Don't allow yourself to be crippled. Don't allow yourself to be isolated and withdrawn. Number two, Pray over those areas and take the steps that you can to change your circumstances. Again, God's not saying that, that we have no part to play. He may be calling you to action. If you're worried about finances, maybe like God's saying, hey, get a job, get a job. And then I'll bless you through your job, right? Um, that, that could be it. If your marriage is terrible and you're worried about it, he may be saying, hey, stop being a crappy husband. And, and then he's gonna help you in that, right? And so we need to pray over those areas, take the steps that we can get. We play a part, we play a part, and then we trust God to move. We trust God to move. Number three, give God everything, especially what's out of your control and trust that he will care for you. Give it all to him. Your part, his part, everything, everything laid at his feet and say, God, move here and trust that he will. Trust that he wants to. Cast your cares on him. Everything that we, we talk about here, you know, here at Cedar Point Recovery, it's, it's, it's all about Jesus. That, that everything that's good in my life, it stems from him, right? And the work that he's done in me. And that's true for me and that can be true of you too. And so when we talk about casting our worries on him, you know, the biggest worry for me was, was just being saved and transformed and changed. And that began with a relationship with him. And so if you're in here tonight 
and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, you've never submitted to him and, and given him everything, I want to encourage you tonight to make that decision for the very first time. That's where we recognize that we can't save ourselves. It's where we believe that Jesus was the son of God, that he was sent and lived the sin-free life and died as a perfect sacrifice so that we could be saved and forgiven. And lastly, where we make him Lord of all. Not, not just friend, but Lord, master of our lives. And so if that's you tonight, if you're ready to make the greatest decision and cast all of your cares on him, all of your worries, all of your concerns, here in just a moment, we're gonna have some people down here at the front. They would love to pray with you and for you so you can make the greatest decision of your life. And that's to accept Jesus and his forgiveness. Number two, maybe you've, you've been there, you've done that, you've gotten off track, you, you messed up, you found yourself separated, right? From the church, from God. The enemy got in there, man. He created one powerful foothold and he drug you away and you're just now finding your way back and, and you wanna know, can, am I welcome? Can I come back home? Absolutely, we serve a God of second chances, third chances. I don't even know how many chances I have. But, but if you're ready to recommit, tonight's tonight. Same offer, here in just a moment, we're gonna have some people down here at the front. They would love to pray with you and for you and lead you to a personal relationship with Jesus. And then maybe, maybe God's just been dealing with something. There, there's an area where you realize you need to let go of it. You've been holding on to it. And, and God's saying that right there, stop holding that from me. Stop withholding that. And you're ready to give it up. We, we've got white chips down here on the table. And there's nothing special about these. It's a piece of plastic, but there's something special about when we act out of faith. And so I wanna encourage you in just a moment to step out of your seat, come down front and grab one of these just as a reminder that you've given that to Jesus, that you've let go of it and you're allowing God to be God. And then lastly, maybe you just need prayer. You're in here tonight and you're struggling. You just want somebody to journey with you and you wanna know, is there somebody that'll pray with me? Absolutely. This is a house of prayer. We would love the opportunity to pray with you. So for any of those things, to give your life to Jesus for the very first time, to recommit, to pick up a white chip, or just to receive prayer, we wanna encourage you to step out of your seat and come down front. And if everybody would, if you would stand to your feet as we close in worship.